0: Welcome to Messengers of Christ, Paul. It's an honor to have you.
1: Thanks, Joshua. It's great to be here. I'm really excited to be on your podcast.
0: All right, let's get started. Sure. So, Paul, could you please tell me when and how you're saved by Jesus?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, So I grew up in a Christian home, Um, grew up going to church. We were um, Lutheran by tradition, and so I grew up going to Lutheran church. And I usually say that I think I, as much as I'm, kind of aware. I think I believed in God. Probably trusted Jesus most of my life, though. I think in, you know, late middle school, high school, uh, I had a lot of doubts. I had a lot of questions, and I, I feel like that was probably the time where I could have walked away from the way I was raised or not. Uh, we ended up when I was going into my sophomore year of high school, moving from Connecticut, where I grew up to Houston, Texas. And when we got to Houston, we looked for a Lutheran church because we were Lutherans. And so we looked for a new church and visited all the Lutheran churches. And I got plugged into a Lutheran church in Houston with a really vibrant youth group and a really um, just great Youth leader who really loved people well and cared about people and had a passion for seeing kids walking with Jesus. So I got plugged into that youth group. And I think that group was where all the things that I'd heard as a kid growing up, all of the ideas kind of became fleshed out in reality. So I saw the love of Jesus not just as ideas to be talked about, but I saw it in a community. I felt like I belonged. I felt like I was loved. I saw people loving each other. I saw the power of the love of Christ to change people. And so that's when it kind of clicked for me. Um, You know, I don't pretend to know exactly how God works and everything. So I don't know if that's the moment I became saved. I didn't have one singular moment where it was very clear to me, but I think that was That was the season, probably my my sophomore year of high school, where really my faith became a powerful part of my life, and Jesus just became more than an abstract idea, but he became my savior, and I uh, wanted to follow him.
0: Wow, that's great to hear, and it just shows how a loving community, a loving Christian community, shining light onto others. And how it can really have an impact on people
1: yeah yeah that was my experience and you know the other thing i would add is that for me pretty quickly my coming to know jesus became um intertwined with the calling to go into ministry i decided in in middle in high school that i was felt like god was calling me to become a pastor and it was part of that same community part of that same experiencing the love and the power of that community really made me say this is something you know I can't imagine anything better to give my life to and to and to spend my life doing and so that was where I really said okay God I think you're calling me to to become a pastor and go into ministry.
0: wow That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and now you're living that well out at pvc yeah. Yeah. And we're going to transition into another topic. So A lot of people believe that, you know, Christianity, it's just going to be a solid, it's all going to be good, but there's going to be, you know, testing of faith, there's going to be, you know, down times, there's going to be tribulation, there's going to be all those dark times, unfortunately. And could you tell us about a time when you were in one of those phases, a tough time of yours, when you had to trust God with everything you had and how he came through In one of those situations.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Oh, I feel like I could um, pick from several different ones. Um, If I ever believed that Christianity would be smooth sailing, I have over and over again learned to the contrary. That actually following Jesus involves a lot of challenges, a lot of suffering which makes sense because the scriptures promise us that the scriptures say, if you follow Jesus, you will encounter tribulation, you will suffer. So I don't know why I would ever have thought that that wasn't the case. Uh, In terms of sharing one, I think I might talk about a time when my wife and I had some real deep challenges in our marriage. we had been married about five years at the time. I was in seminary. I worked part-time remotely from home and we had three little kids at the time, actually two at the time. And we had just gotten pregnant with our third and we had some really difficult patterns between us, communication, expectations, things like that, that just made us have a lot of conflict with each other. And I, uh, on top of that, I just felt like a failure. I I think I, you know, I was a, I'd been a Christian for a while at the time. I'd read the books. I'd listened to the sermons on marriage. I thought that I knew how to make this work and I wasn't able to make it work. And it really, I think the, the, the darkness of it for me was getting to the end of myself and realizing that I can't do this. I can't fix this. I can't just muscle through this and make it work. And I remember, for whatever reason, when I think of that time, I have a particular memory of kneeling on the floor in the room, one of the rooms in our home. It was the room that I worked out of usually. It was kind of a TV room slash office. And I just remember kneeling on the floor and crying out to Jesus saying, I I think I was probably crying at the time, literally, and just saying, I don't know what to do. I, I need your help. I need I need you to come through here, and he did um, not immediately, not dramatically in an overnight kind of way, but through some friendships that he put in my life, through the guidance to seek some counseling that was really transformative for us, through some time, through the patience of my wife and her faithfulness to me and to God. Uh, we worked through a lot of stuff. It took a couple of years, but it was a really powerful time, and i I see now that you know those times made me who I am today, that if I hadn't faced that tough, challenging time, I wouldn't be the kind of person I am today. And so I really am honest when I say I'm grateful in hindsight, not just for those times, but all the different challenges I faced because I I see God transforming me through those times, but I also see my relationship with God deepening in those moments.
0: Wow. It's just so great to see how God really came through for you there. Now, if you will, could you share some other times God's really came through for you in a tough time?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, one of the ones early on was probably high school slash college, and I've talked about this in sermons before, but I, I struggled with uh, looking at pornography and dealing with those kinds of sexual sins. And that was a really hard season because I was an active leader in my church group. In college, I was an active leader in my college fellowship, and I felt felt a pretty deep sense of hypocrisy that here was a sin in my life that I wasn't able to control, and yet other people didn't know about it, and I was leading in other ways. But again, in that, because of that struggle, I think it brought me to a place where I was humbled and dependent on God, that I, I knew I couldn't fix this on my own. I guess, you know, now as I'm talking, I think that's probably a theme for me of challenges where I get to a place where I realize I can't fix this. So I've seen that in my marriage. I've seen that in my personal life, had some challenges as a family along those lines. And the truth is I can't fix it. So realizing that has been, has been a gift. And I think that's what, you know, God uses challenging times to get us to those places where we really do need to depend on him.
0: Yeah. Yeah we can't fix anything. Only God can. I really like that statement.
1: And I, you know, I actually just taught in the group that I lead this morning. One of the things I've learned over the last couple of months is that core to who God is part of his deepest being is to be merciful and compassionate. And so but we can't experience that part of God's character unless we are in a place that needs mercy and compassion. And so in those kinds of moments where Jesus shows up and saves his disciples from the storm or where he shows up in challenges in my life, I think we actually encounter, in a sense, the, the truest part of who God is. We We encounter his mercy because we need mercy. But when things are fine, we don't know God as merciful because we don't need mercy in our lives. or we don't know God even as savior because we don't need saving. We're doing fine. So it's in those moments of need, I think Jesus shows up just at the right time. And maybe he waits until we need saving to come in and save us. Maybe he gives us that time to realize our dependence because it's it's a it's a powerful way that we can then relate to God.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. You you just said uh leaves us on our own dependency till we like realize like you realize we, we can't fix this by ourselves. We can't we can't beat the storms by ourselves. We have so much coming at us we can't handle it by ourselves. We have to have a helper with us yeah so yeah amen to that
1: yeah more and more so even i mean just in our world just the, the language you use about there's so much coming at us and i think it's true whether you're a student in middle school or high school or a college student or young adult or married or whatever there's just so many things in our world and it's really easy to feel overwhelmed and we try so hard to control everything and fix everything around us, but it's in those times and we're able to say we can't fix it that then we really need God in a powerful way.
0: Yeah. And it also goes, there's like, it's so easy to fall into, you know, temptations in this world. So much temptations. Like you're just walking around, there's temptations. You're just to lie, to steal. And just one, one click on the internet that can lead you on to temptation. There's so many temptations. There's so much coming at you. And it's really, it's really uh, impossible to fight it on your, by yourself.
1: Amen. Amen to that. Yeah. Our world is full of opportunities for uh, yeah. Whatever, whatever distraction, temptation you want, it's out there. And it's in those moments of being overwhelmed, those can be, I think the reason why temptation is so hard to resist is because it's an escape. It's some way to escape that feeling of overwhelmed and just go to a different place and short-term answers that don't work in the long term, but at least they make you feel better for a moment, and that ends up causing a lot of destruction.
0: Yeah, amen. Uh, they're just short-term. God is offering something so much better. It's it's long-term. It's short-term times a hundred times a hundred times a hundred. So, yeah, that's
1: good math. I like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Uh, So I wanted to transition to the next topic. Do you, What is your go-to verse? What is your just go-to verse, the verse that you live by?
1: Yeah, great question. Uh, I got a lot that are really meaningful to me, but I'll share one. And this is Psalm 1, verse 3. I'll read it. It says, uh, well, it, the, the, the psalm is describing the, 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 the godly man, and in verse 3, it describes him this way. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. And I love that verse because, in fact, I was just talking to somebody an hour ago about this. I think in our culture, we tend to think of ourselves in technological terms. I'm a machine. I'm supposed to produce something. I have limited bandwidth. Even the language we use, we talk about ourselves in a certain way. And I think that can contribute to our sense of being overwhelmed and and lost and confused. But this image of a tree to me is very different. basically our goal is to be planted. He is like a tree planted by streams of water and then trees, when they're planted well, and when they have the right location, they naturally fruitful and they don't just, it's not like a machine that just produces an output, but they produce fruit. And the amazing thing about fruit is that fruit contains within it, the seeds to create more trees, to create more fruit. So it's this, cyclical process where life leads to life leads to life leads to life and that's i probably think about that almost every day in thinking about how i think about myself that i i would like to be a tree not a machine and it's just a way healthier way to live i think it's the way god designed us to live and so that goal of he is like a tree Yields its fruit in its season, its leaf does not wither in all that he does he prospers. That's the vision i I have for my life that I think God designed us to fulfill
0: adding uh going off psalm one three we aren't like you said we we aren't machines. God made us for purpose for His will, and He made us creatively unique well not, said we're not machines, and could you describe more about? What you mean bearing fruit in trees?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes since you asked, I'll go into this. Sometimes I, I actually preached this verse at my children's high school a, a year or two ago. And I, I tell the story of, of a peach tree. And if you think about a peach tree, it grows up and it produces peaches. And, and inside a peach is the pit. And so what 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 happens is the the peach falls to the ground. And let's imagine a goat walking by and the goat eats the peach and then the goat keeps walking and walks somewhere else. And then eventually the goat poops out the peach pit, right? (laughs) And so you have this seed that then eventually that peach pit becomes another peach tree, which gives rise to more peaches and more goats eating them and pooping the pits and, You know, it just kind of overflows into life and that vision of, I want my life to be like a tree where I don't just produce something, but I bear fruit that then bears more fruit, this multiplicative thing. Whereas in our culture, like if if I think of myself as a machine, let's say I'm a factory and I make things as soon as something comes off the factory floor, it starts to age, it starts to fall apart and eventually it dies. So if I'm a machine that produces cars, my cars last for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and then they're trash. But if I'm a tree that makes fruit, then the fruit leads to more trees, which make more fruit, which make more fruit. So so it's this- Wow. This reproductive nature that, that's why I want to be a tree, not a machine. I want to I wanna create things that continue creating, not just create something that dies.
0: Amen. That's awesome. So favorite worship song. Yeah. Have-
1: Another great question. I've got a lot, but the one that comes to mind is how great thou art. So I guess it's more of a hymn than a worship song, but there's some modern versions of it too. And I guess one of the reasons I love it is because it's worship in its truest form. It's simply declaring the truth about who God is, how great thou art. And I find that I need that reminder. I need to declare who God is. And I know it's true. I know it's true because the scriptures tell me it's true. And so I can say it, even if I don't feel it in the moment, I can declare it and Remind myself of it. I can hear the people around me reminding me of it as they sing it. So I love those those kinds of songs that declare truth about who God is and the greatness of God is one of His primary attributes.
0: Yeah, His greatness mm-hmm. that is definitely one of His uh, attributes. The reason we're here is because of His greatness. Yeah. Reason why everything around us exi- exists is because of His greatness. And yeah, Amen. Yeah. And any final words before we wrap the podcast up?
1: I guess just a word of thanks. Thanks for having me on this. And I really love the fact that you're wanting to explore these topics and help others to explore them. And I just think I encourage people, you know, don't be afraid of pain. Don't be afraid of what God's doing. Reach out to him. Ask him what he's doing. Complain to him if, if you're in pain, if you're struggling. Ask him for help. Ask him to make it clear. And I think those are the kinds of prayers that God answers.
0: Amen. God's always willing to listen. And so like thank you again, Paul. And that should wrap it up. Awesome. Thank you. Psalm 1-3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers.